This is ADHD Rewired, episode number nine. This is the show designed to help those of us who have really good intentions and a slightly wandering attention. Whether you have ADHD and you want to learn more about it, or you are looking for ways to organize your time, your things, or the many details of life so you can get more done, this show is for you. My name is Eric Tivers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, coach, and consultant. We know that starting can be the hardest part, so let's get started. But first, let me tell you about this. The Attention Deficit Disorder Association, the nation's largest organization focused on supporting adults with ADHD, will be holding its annual conference in Orlando, July 24th through the 27th. Come meet me and hundreds of other adults just like you. Let them know you heard about it on ADHD Rewired by using the link ada.adhdrewired.com. That's adda.adhdrewired.com. ADHD Rewired, Episode 9, Take 2. That's right. This is the second time that I am sitting down to record this episode. I started recording this episode on Monday, the 28th. And let me tell you, I was kind of in a brain fog that day. I just didn't have the structure that I needed to put together a good show. I was kind of all over the place and I kind of realized that. So I regrouped, rewired my strategies and I am going to hopefully deliver to you a great show today. And what we're going to talk about is calendars and calendaring. So when we think about calendars, some people might have an immediate thought of, oh, I've tried those. They don't work for me or I don't know where mine is or they've had a hard time sticking with it. So I'm going to actually be giving you guys a lot of information today, and I'm going to first start with an overview of the content for today's show. I'm going to talk to you briefly about starting a habit, because if you're not using a planner right now, the first area that we need to discuss and focus on is habit creation. Then I'm going to give you tips for success on using a planner. I'm going to talk to you about features to really consider in using a planner. We're going to uh, we're going to talk about strategies in using it. We'll look at paper planners. We'll look at electronic planners. Then we are going to look at a the electronic uh, app, the the app that I use for my iPhone and iPad. And I'm also going to talk to you a little bit about a feature using uh, Google Calendar. So let's begin with starting a habit. So if you do not use a, a calendar currently, what I want you to really think about is How am I going to build this into my routine? So what do you need to do to build this into your routine? And one of the things that 
I would shoot for is have a target goal to really be looking at your calendar three to five times per day. Now, you might be asking yourself, well, how will I remember to do that? The thing that I've talked about before on the show is the concept of using points of performance reminders. So posting reminders in the area that you're going to see them or the areas you're going to see them. You know, this is one of the most important tools for self-managing your ADHD. So if you need a hundred sticky notes to remind yourself to be looking in your planner, then do it. I don't know if you'll need that many, but there is no such thing as too many reminders. There is the amount of reminders that you need to get your goals met. So I think it's important to begin by thinking about where do you get up when, because that's one of the first things that you want to do when you wake up in the morning is look at your calendar and what is going to help you remember to do that. Well, think about what do you do when you first wake up? So maybe for a lot of us, it's going to the bathroom. So having a reminder in your bathroom that reminds you to look at your planner. And when you're developing these uh, behavioral routines, you really want to remember it's important to reward yourself. So really focusing on starting the habit of using and looking at the planner is critical, okay? And so really have a target goal to check in with your planner three to five times per day, okay? So that's the first step. So the next thing we're going to talk about is some tips for success in using a planner. Well, we want to make sure we have our planners with us. So the first thing is really keep it with you and you have to be able to have it with you really at all times. So you have it with you. The next thing you want to do is make sure you visit it often. So it's one thing to have a planner with you, whether it's your paper planner or an electronic planner, but you got to look at it. So you have to really visit that planner often. One of the things that's going to make it uh, easier for you to do is if you figure out how to make it easy to use, that's going to help you visit it often. So another thing that's going to be helpful for you in being successful with using a planner is pick one and use one. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how to pick one if you're still in that phase, because that I know for, for I've been in this situation myself, and I know that I've talked to many clients that are in this situation. They are just trying to find the perfect planner. And, you know, you'll hear me say this a lot. There is no perfect. There are a lot of things I think that are important to consider when searching for that planner. You know, you want to make it also as fun as a planner could be. So whether that means you like if you're using a paper planner, that's the cover of it, or you like some of the features or the alarm sounds that it has if you're using an electronic calendar. So you want to in some way make it fun. That could be using stickers. That could be, you know, there are all kinds of ways that you can make it just a little bit more fun, a little bit more interesting to 
kind of perk the brain into saying, okay, I'm going to check this thing out. Okay. You want to make it visually appealing. So what does it look like? Does it, are you, is when you look at it, is your brain trying to figure out what is what? Or when you look at, does it feel something that you're, like your brain can really understand uh, pretty naturally? Um, relatively speaking, I know we're talking about calendars here and, you know, telling somebody with ADHD, if I just wrote it down or just use a calendar, you know, is a piece of advice that many of us have probably been given by somebody who does not really understand ADHD. So just, you know, looking at it, looking at the visual layout of that calendar is something that you have to be able to identify with yourself by saying, is this visually appealing uh, to you? And I think it's different for all of us. I do think the things that are important, though, are are the areas that are important. Do they stand out to you? OK, so that was the some of the just kind of general tips for success in using a planner. Now, next, we're going to talk about uh, features to consider when choosing a planner and deciding if this is the planner for you. So all of our days and all of our lives are different, but we all have things that fill our day. And some of the features that I think are really important to no matter what kind of planner uh, you, you are using, whether it's paper or electronic, is at finding out and thinking about how does the planner break up time? I recommend that... It is important to use a planner that breaks up time in 15-minute increments. So those 15-minute increments can be a variety of different things. They can start, let's say, at 8 in the morning and go to 8 p.m. Um, you know, everyone's day is a little bit different, but I think it's really important to be able to see time accurately and spatially that you break up those 15-minute time tasks. Because I think to get a better understanding of time, you really have to understand that 15-minute time window. Okay? All right. So the next thing is, in given that the day is broken up in 15-minute uh, time increments, the next thing to look at and to kind of zoom out a little bit is look at the week. I think it's critical that a planner has the same amount of time every single day of the week. I see a lot of planners that Monday through Friday, they give you a lot of space. But then Saturday, you have like half the space that you do on Monday through Friday. And Sunday, you have even less space. And for people with ADHD, you know, we actually need maybe even more space on Saturday and Sunday, you know, if you work on a Monday through Friday kind of job, because we need to really schedule our free time in order to structure it. Because when we feel like we have all the time in the world, you know, that's, that's a recipe for disaster often when you have ADHD. So we really have to schedule our tasks. Okay. So I said that we need the 15 minute increment to really, uh, as our day view, we need to be able to have the same amount of time seven days a week. I think we also need to make sure we have a month view as well within the calendar. So I think the target view that we should be having and we should be visiting most often 
uh, each day is our week view. So looking at our day within the context of a week view is going to help us know what we're doing and what's coming up. Okay. So having those features of a 15 minute increment, a something that gives you the same amount of time seven days a week, something that gives you both a week view and a month view are critical elements of your calendar and and a planner. I also think other features that are important are to be able to have places to add tasks and places to add notes. So I think those are some really important features to consider when you are looking at a a calendar or planner. Okay, so now we're next we're going to talk about strategies in using whatever planner it is that you choose to use. So I think it's important that you visually block out all of your timed tasks. So if you have an appointment at 10 o'clock and it's supposed to go to say 11 o'clock, write the name of your appointment at 10 o'clock and then draw a line or fill it in with in whatever way is visually appealing to you. So you see exactly how much time that appointment or that task is, is scheduled to take. Okay. Also plan for the, the pre stuff. So that kind of setup or the cleanup of a given task. So that can mean scheduling, you know, drive time. That can mean scheduling, uh, wrapping up your day or wrapping up an appointment. Include those things because often we wonder why we seem to not get enough done. It's because we're, we, we do the setup and we might do the cleanup. Although that could be the reason why we have a lot of piles because we forget to do the, the cleanup, but we forget to, to integrate these components into our day. And, you know, that's where we, I think a lot of us lose ourselves in our day is that we forget to schedule how long things take to set up. Okay. You know, something that, that I do often, not always, but often, is I actually schedule my to-dos. So I might have a, a to-do list that has a bunch of items in it. But then I, when I'm doing my, my weekly and sometimes daily planning, I will take my items that are on my to-do list and actually schedule them as an appointment. And I often have my a 15-minute uh, appointment for a task, even if it's a task that I think will take me five minutes. Because remember, you know, if a task only takes me five minutes and I schedule 15 minutes for it, I now have 10 extra minutes to do whatever I want with. And sometimes those tasks really will take 15 minutes. Okay, so scheduling your to-dos. You know, in the get things done, the GTD methodology, um, they talk about not doing this. And I think that when you have ADHD, you really have to be that clear about what you do. Okay. So scheduling the to-dos. Now, another component of this is, now let's say I have scheduled a 15-minute phone call and a 15-minute email um, and I have a few of these tasks. Now, I look at those tasks that I have to do and let's say I would rather do the email first versus the email and that's on my schedule. I'll just move it around on my calendar and that's fine. But I think that it's really important to really have an intended time that you are planning on doing things. Okay. Also, when you are creating events on your, in your calendar, um, have a place to put relevant notes. You know, don't think to yourself that, Oh, I'll remember this stuff at the time of the appointments. 
Remember that episode a while back that I had where I talked about the the lies we tell ourselves? The the number one lie being, I'll remember that. Okay. You know, put all that relevant information where you will need it. You know, there are lots of applications that you can, let's say you need an email, information from an email at a given appointment. There are applications that you can drag and drop an email into a calendar event. So you have all that information needed at a given appointment. Okay. So import all your notes um, into your calendar. When you are creating a schedule, don't forget to schedule margin. So let's say you decide, okay, I'm, I'm going to get into to really using a calendar and you go all gung-ho into it. And, you know, you look at your calendar and all of a sudden, what was this blank slate is now a technicolor calendar with overlapping colors of things that you've scheduled to do. Make sure you leave yourself white space. So the white space is your margin. It's the in-between times. It's the unpredicted times. It's the times when something urgent that you didn't plan on um, needing to attend to comes up. It's the the time that you're going to use when you underestimated another task. Make sure you, that you are scheduling time for margin. And I think that, you know, scheduling at about 70% of your day is is probably a good a way to go about it. I think if you're starting, I think create even more margin than you think because you don't want to burn yourself out either. If you schedule too much, you won't stick with this. Okay. So other things, other strategies uh, in using your calendar is include drive time. And there are uh, programs, including on the iPhone, on iCal, and in another program in Google that will actually help you figure out how long to take, how long it takes for you to get uh, to a certain place. And I'm going to talk about that in just a little bit. And then the other thing that I think is very important to use your calendar for is to record what you did. So you have a record of what happened. So one example that I, that the, the way I use this is so if I'm working with a client and I have a client who um, you know I'm working with face to face and they pay me cash well there's no record of them paying me because if they haven't paid by credit card or by check I don't have any way of tracking down that they paid me so I will actually put in my calendar that a client paid me by cash if they did that so I have record of that so I can go back and say okay we did that pl- that client pay me yes okay if I have an appointment and I want to make sure that I have a follow up you know I will put information about what I did at that uh, during that event so I can go back and look and if you're using an electronic calendar you could search um, by say an appointment name and if you have notes within your appointments that the notes will come up as well so Record what you did. That could also mean recording what you spent. That could mean recording when you signed up for something. Uh, that could mean recording when you told somebody something. So it can also be a a record of the things that that you did. Okay. So paper or electronic. Um, you know, I I use an electronic calendar, but I'm going to first talk to you about 
um, some strategies and things to think about when you're using a paper calendar. You know, because for some people, I think a paper calendar might be the best bet. If you have not used a calendar successfully, you know, it, it using a paper calendar may be your best bet. One of the, I think, reasons that a paper calendar really can be ideal for some people is when you open up that calendar, there's no distractions there. I mean, well, not no distractions. We can get distracted by well, just about anything, but there are less distractions. So instead of putting in that, you know, on an electronic calendar, let's say you want to go put in an appointment with something. And you left Facebook open. So you go to open up your, your iPad or your iPhone and you, um, and you open it up and now you're posting on Facebook and going down the rabbit hole of internet distraction and you don't remember what it was that you were going to do. So that's an advantage of the paper calendar. So here are some, some tips to using a paper calendar uh, successfully. One, you know, if, you know, your phone is no good without a charge if it has no power. And a calendar is no good if you have nothing. A paper calendar is no good if you have nothing to write um, with uh, in it. So I recommend attaching a mechanical pencil to your paper calendar. And so when I say attaching to it, you know, a lot of, of calendars will have a, a little string, a ribbon kind of bookmark attached to it. So this is a good way to use it, uh, to just kind of tie it somehow to it. And the reason a mechanical pencil is, is really, I think, critical. Well, one, we want to be able to erase something. And two, a mechanical pencil is like the pencil that automatically sharpens when it breaks. You don't want to be without the tool that you need to write something down. So then you have to think about, you know, there are different, there's so many different kinds of planners. If you've ever been into uh, Staples, you can spend hours there. Um, I, I have definitely spent hours there on more than one trip when deciding to use a paper planner. So you have to decide, okay, what planner is going to be best for you? And I don't think there's a hard, fast rule to it, but I do think that there are some generalities that we can think about. Now, you want to think about, do you want it to be a refillable calendar or a yearly calendar? So, you know, I think in some of the refillable calendars, one advantage is you can actually create your own uh, calendar and create a template for it. The problem with that is you're going to have to remember to to update it and um one of the problems with three ring anything is that it requires hole punching and if the, the any of the rings start to kind of break, they could fall out. So it has the potential to become disorganized. Okay. Um, so the yearly calendar might be a better option uh, if, if that's your case. But if you want to be able to have a, a calendar that, that gives you the most amount of details. So let's say a daily calendar that gives you 15 minute increments, 24 hours a day, because there are those calendars, that's going to be a lot to carry around with you. So in that uh, realm, you might want to consider a refillable calendar. But what, one of the things you might want to do is about two weeks before um, you run out is schedule and put it in your calendar, maybe with a sticky note to update the calendar. So file the, the, uh, what you have in there and then upload or fill in what you're going to put in next. So probably four or five months at a time, maybe three months at a time, depending on how thick the paper is and how much you want to have with you.
Okay. One of the other things that I think is really important in using a paper planner is attached to it a butterfly clip. You know, one of those, um, it's like a paper clip, but it, it bends backwards. You know, these things are super cheap and it's important for two reasons. One, keep it clipped to the day or the week that you were on. The simple step of just having it be able to open your calendar immediately to that page is actually really important because think about this. It With ADHD, we struggle with working memory. And remember, working memory is that ability to keep a piece of information in mind while you are doing something. So if you don't have that butterfly clip, one of the things that might happen is you open up your, your calendar while you have this piece of information in mind about what you want to actually put in your calendar and you're flipping through it. Now you're thinking, okay, what's the date? And as you're flipping through it, processing what you're seeing, you're having to think about what the date is while keeping the, the piece of information in mind of what you want to put in there. And by the time you possibly get to that date, you forgot what you were going to put in. Okay. Or maybe you don't forget but it actually takes a lot more mental processing. And what we want to do is make this as easy as possible to use. So you're more likely to use it. So using that butterfly clip to keep it uh, tabbed to that page is important. Why I recommend a butterfly clip is, you know, we're great at having all these loose papers and not always sure where to put them. Butterfly clips are a great way to, um, to keep loose papers safe and then you can deal with it at a later point when you have some time so we don't lose uh, so you don't lose things okay so other um in in paper calendars i recommend looking for an appointment book because an appointment book is going to break down time uh, more clearly now i used to use what's called a triple view calendar and i if you go to my my uh, show notes page at ADHD Rewired, I will um, put a link to a paper calendar that uses Triple View that I recommend. Now, the one that I used to really like, they stopped making it, so there's no point in me even telling you what it is. Um, but the Triple View calendar gives you a week at a glance, but it also has margins on the side that as you turn the page from week to week, the outside margins stay the same and those outside margins are also attached to the month view calendar. Uh, so I hope that makes sense. It's visually, uh, you'll be able to see it more clearly if you go to ADHDrewired.com. Okay. Also in your planner, have a place for notes. So one way that you can add more notes to your calendar events, if you have a week planner that has 15-minute increments, is by using notations. So you have a calendar appointment, and next to it, you put a number one. And on your notation page, because a lot of the calendars that I look at and like have at least one page per month. That's just a, a note page. And then you can have a, so you have that reference marker for one, and then you write all that other information that you need. Okay. Um, and so I think having that place for notes is really important. Another strategy is to uh, have a number of super sticky note, uh, st sticky notes available. And you can put this in the inside cover. You can put it on your week, but have, you know, I don't know, five or six of these attached to the inside cover. So you always have that available so you can add extra information when you need it. And I really, really believe that size matters. 
I'm talking about the calendar here. Size matters for your calendar. Now, when I use I use a paper calendar uh, pretty consistently for or very consistently for about three years, and I used one of the like the eight and a half by eleven. I think it was the size, the larger size, and I would bring it with me everywhere. And I think that's really important. Now, I would often ask my my wife to put it in her purse, but when you know if she didn't want to bring her big purse with with her, I would bring just an over the shoulder bag that I would carry with me. Is it a pain? Yeah, a little bit. But what's more of a pain is having ADHD and not having the things that you need to help yourself be successful. So, you know, it's you got to look at the cost benefit analysis of, okay, so I have to carry this bag. It's a little bit of a pain, but I feel way better about how I'm doing when I have the tool with me at all times that helps me be successful. So I think that's important. Now, if you think that you will leave something behind or lose it, you know, maybe then you do need to use a, a small one that fits in your pocket. You know, I'm sharing the things that work for me and that work for many of my clients, but I've had exceptions to the rule and you got to find what works for you. Okay. So that's paper calendars. Let's move on to electronic calendars. Now, some of the, um, the advantages of using an electronic calendar is you can have alarms and notifications sent to you. You can have all kinds of alarms and notifications sent to you in a variety of ways. They can be an alarm that is on uh, within the program that you're using. They could be notifications that are sent by text message or email. So there are different programs that do different things as far as how it notifies you. Also, with the an electronic calendar, you could set up repeating events. So instead of having to go through and write something in every single week, you can repeat the events um, in most calendar programs. Now, some calendar programs you have basic options like weekly or monthly. Uh, some other calendar programs have some more sophisticated um, uh, algorithms on how you can repeat an appointment. And I'm going to talk to you in a little bit about that. One of the other things that I think is awesome about electronic calendars is just that ability to create different colors uh, for your calendars. Now, I think when I started using an electronic calendar, you know, I used a lot of different colors, but they didn't mean anything. All they did is what was it allowed it to pop out more because if everything's just the same color, it just my brain just kind of looks at it all the same. I need things to kind of visually break up my space of what I'm looking at. Okay. But what I what I currently have is um, I have a number of different calendars in my calendar system that all are for something else. So my face-to-face client time, I have as one color. And so that's one calendar that I have set up in iCal. I have um, coaching uh, clients. I share calendars with uh, some of my coaching clients. So, you know, if they have something that they are wanting to do, they put it on their calendar and now not only have they scheduled it for themselves, I see that they have scheduled it. So there's an element of of accountability. And if I think that there might be something that they should be thinking about, I may add something to their calendar uh, for them to, to think about. So it's really right there for them. So there's an element of accountability. Okay. Um, 
so as I was kind of saying, one of the advantages of electronic calendars is you can share the calendar. So this has a variety or a number of different benefits to it. One, it cuts down on the need to communicate with others. So if, you know, with your family, sharing a calendar with your family is a great, great thing when you have ADHD. I think one of the challenges is, though, is that if you want to schedule these things and, you know, there will be sometimes you schedule appointments uh, with yourself as tasks and you don't get it done. And so maybe a family member is wondering why you didn't get it done. So part of the, the communication you have with a family member may be just talking about that you are doing this to because you you are intending on doing it and you are trying different things. So, you know, just kind of putting it out there, having the a little bit of accountability regarding that. And so I think that's really important as well. Now, if you have younger kids, now this is something that I learned kind of the hard way. I have a two and a half year old and you share a, a calendar with, uh, you know, with your, your partner. And so my calendar I share with my partner, I had to, with my wife, I had to change um, the settings on my calendar to view only. So, so she was not able to edit that calendar. And the reason why is because I noticed one day I had an appointment for AJX5 and another one for MP Asterix 7. And I knew that I could only mean one thing that my son was putting in calendar events you know, he's pushing buttons. And so I realized, oh my goodness, if he's doing that, he could be deleting stuff. And so I, you know, kind of panicked and immediately set it up where, where my calendar, she could see what I do, but she doesn't have the ability to edit it. So that's something to consider if you have young kids who, who um, tend to take over your phone. Um, Okay, so another thing why it's an advantage to use a uh, uh, an electronic calendar is that it's in the cloud. Not that we tend to lose things, but we do tend to lose things, and it's really important to to have backups in the cloud. Now, with that being said, if you delete something on a calendar, it's deleted everywhere. So I also think it's important to create backups. And one way you can create a backup of your electronic calendar is to, if you are, um, let's say you're using iCal, I'm going to just tell you how I do it on mine. And I am pretty sure that you can use any version of an electronic calendar that has a desktop version and uh, do something similar to this. So what I do is I take my electronic, I go to iCal on, uh, on my computer. I'm a Mac person and I go to uh, print and then I print as a PDF. Now, I think this is different on a PC, but I'm not 100% sure. The way you save in Mac as a PDF is through print. I don't really think that makes sense, but I'm used to it by now. And I think most Mac people uh, might be used to it. And for some people, they might be going, that's how you save as a PDF. So there you go. This, this episode is full of great content. Okay, so... I save it as a PDF and you can change the time frame that you're saving it as. You can change how uh, how it saves it. So you can save it as a month view, a list view, a um, uh, uh, the week view, however you want to. So I, I do those kinds of backups periodically. Okay, um, next. 
I just realized I was tapping my desk and I probably shouldn't do that when I'm recording. Okay, so with electronic calendars, now I'm going to tell you what my tech tip of the week is. My tech tip of the week is an app that I use called Calendars 5. Calendars 5 is available on the iPhone and the iPad and any i versions. I'm sure it's on the iPod as well. So here's what I like about Calendars 5. Now, let me tell you too, I used to just use the iCal on iPhone and iPad for for quite some time. And then when they had their updates, I don't remember how long ago it was, they just kind of changed the, the real visual interface of it. I really did not like it. So I searched and I spent a lot of money on looking for different calendar apps. And this was the best one that I found. It's not everything I want it to be, but it's the best one that I found. And I'll tell you what I like about it. Calendars 5 syncs well with, with uh, iCal and Google Calendars. You can, one of the things I really like about it is because most of the things that are on my calendar are appointments and most of my appointments are 45 minutes. You know, in iCal, your default time is one hour and there's no way to change that. In Calendars 5, you can change your default a calendar your default appointment time to whatever you want it to be. And mine's 45 minutes. So by being able to do that, that reduces a step that I have to do by adjusting the, the time. Another thing that I really like about Calendars 5 is the ability to really customize how an event repeats itself. So you can do it every week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You can do it every other week on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. There's a lot more kind of sophistication in how you can repeat an event. Okay, you can do it every three weeks. You can do it every 15th of the month. So there's a lot of different ways to set up those, those repeats. And I think that's, that's really nice. And I'm surprised that more calendars don't have more of those options. Another thing that I think is, is critical for lots of people with ADHD is the alarms and reminders about those calendar events. In iCal, you can have two reminders. Okay, and this is on the iPad and iPhone. In Calendars 5, I think it's endless. You can have as many reminders that you want. And you can be reminded. And I think it's about any time from a minute to five minutes to five days to five weeks ahead of time of the event. Another thing that I like about this, about Calendars 5 is, and you can't do this surprisingly on iCal, is you can, uh, if you have an appointment and let's say you want to move it or you want to um, uh, add another appointment that's a duplicate, you can tap the appointment time, then let go. Then you'll have an option of delete or, or no, you'll edit or copy. So you can copy that appointment and then paste it into another time slot. So those are the features of calendars five that I really like. What are your favorite calendar apps? Let me know that. Um, post something on uh, either my website, ADHD Rewired, or go to my Facebook page. And I now have started a Facebook group. So if you just do a search on Facebook for ADHD Rewired, you will find both the group and the um, the Facebook page. Okay. 
I mentioned before that there was something about Google Calendar that I wanted to tell you about. So I use Google Calendar a little bit, but what I actually want to talk uh, talk to you about is something called Google Now. Now, if you use Google Calendar and you have the location-based services set up, one of the things that's really cool, if you have a calendar event that has your location for that event, Google will pull information that is available on Google, so everything ever, including traffic. So it will tell you how long it will take you to get to an event. And now that being said, iCal also does this, but you have to have, again, the address of the location of your event in your calendar. But one of the things that Google Calendar does that I don't believe iCal does is if you have that scheduled time of how long it would take you to get uh, there already kind of set up, and there is traffic, Google now will send you a notification letting you know you need to leave earlier because there's traffic. Now, to me, that's really awesome. So that's Google Now. And um, Google Now is kind of the uh, response to Siri. Uh, I haven't used it a whole lot, but I've seen some features that I think are maybe a little bit um, better than, than Siri. So... I'll probably have another episode on uh, on just using those kinds of things. So I'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. And if you are looking for a coach to help you use a calendar and get more done, please visit my website at ADHDrewired.com and click on coaching. Right now, I have room in my calendar for two listeners. And I want to know your feedback. So Go on to my website, ADHD Rewired. Send me an email. You can ask me a question using the, the SpeakPipe widget. You can record your voice on your computer, and I will feature it on this show. I want to also thank everybody who has left reviews on iTunes. Please keep them coming because the way iTunes uses its algorithms, I am still in the new and noteworthy time period, which is an eight-week period that allows new podcasts to be featured. The more people who click subscribe and then leave a review, the higher-ranked ADHD Rewired will be allowing more people to find it. Last week, I let people know that I'm going to be starting a coaching group with a max of six people. I have already had some interest expressed, so I am still looking to find out who is interested in an online coaching accountability group. Email me through the website and letting me know that you are interested in the group. So in the subject line, just put rewired coaching group i'll contact you after you do that also the contest that i announced last week is still actually going on when i announced the contest i kind of screwed up on the dates so i think i said that the contest was going to end on april 30th which is a problem because it's april 30th right now <laughs> so it's gonna go until may 15th and there'll be more info just look up on my website go to adhd rewired click on contest and all the rules and everything you'll need to know is there the basis of it is 
you can enter to win either an ADHD t-shirt that, that looks like the ACDC logo or a time timer. The way you win is by either leaving a review or by doing some social sharing to promote the show. The details, again, are on the website. Don't forget, if you want to go to the Adult Attention Deficit Disorder Conference, or ADA, go through my website, ADA.ADHD.com. No, wait. ADA, A-D-D-A, dot ADHD, rewired.com. And that will give you a redirect link that will bring you right to the ADA site. And that just lets them know that I sent you there. And I appreciate that. It costs you the same. And Ada thanks me with a small um, referral bonus if, uh, if you end up going. I am presenting there. So I hope to see some of you in Florida. Well, podcast listeners, you have just listened to the ninth episode of ADHD Rewired. I'd love to hear from you. Do you want your question or comment to be featured on this show? You can contact me through my website, ADHDrewired.com. Click the microphone icon that says, Ask Eric to record your voice or email me through the website. Win cool stuff by reviewing and sharing this podcast. Go to ADHDrewired.com for details. And please, Help ADHD Rewired stay shiny at the top of iTunes by clicking subscribe and leave a review. Sign up for my email newsletter right now by texting TIVERS to the number 22828. That's 22828. Or you can sign up at my website, ADHDrewired.com. And I promise you, I will send it to you much less frequently than I actually intend. This week on Facebook, I posted the question asking people to complete the sentence, ADHD is. With over 110 responses, I'm going to leave you with my top three. One person said, Like going on the internet for one thing, but the tabs keep multiplying with new and interesting information. At the end, you never get done with anything. I had someone else say, ADHD is showing up for an appointment that you wrote on your calendar and it was the wrong day. And here was my favorite one. And I did ask her permission to use her name. This is from Crystal Johnson Osbrooks, who I think put it best. And here's what I'm going to leave you with. ADHD is self-aware with no self-control. Until next time, 